Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecast, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, and I appreciate you being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company. It's Bull Realty for asset and occupancy solutions. Check us out at bullrealty.com or give me a call directly. You can find our contact information at the website. Well, today we're talking about an interesting sector, uh, self-storage. I think a lot of people have an interest in self-storage because of the kind of natural uh, benefits of it, right? Uh, you don't have uh, toilets and bathrooms and children and pets and uh, you don't have large build-out costs. Uh, well, when tenants change over, the uh, eviction proceedings of people aren't paying are very quick in most markets. So a lot of people have been interested in self-storage and uh, the market has uh, really grown over the years. In fact, it's grown so much that Reese uh, started tracking uh, the market several years ago. And uh, please welcome Reese. My guest is Barbara Denham, and she is senior economist with Reese, and she's joining us on the phone. Barbara, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, Barbara, how is the uh, self-storage market uh, performing overall? It seems like uh, it's a market that in some cities, in some markets, uh, there's a low barrier of entry. Uh, what do you see overall for performance uh, throughout the U.S.? Well, it's uh, doing pretty well. It is, like as you said, it's kind of a newish industry. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, there really wasn't that much self-storage. So, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an industry that has largely tracked the apartment market. So as we've seen a really strong growth in the apartment market in a lot of cities, especially, you know, in their CBD areas, the self-storage industry has followed that said, this industry, as you mentioned, because of its low barriers to entry, uh, has definitely gotten overbuilt, especially in some markets more than others. Uh, some markets have seen like 30 to 50 percent growth in their inventory just in the last uh, three to five years. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of growth. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, in 2015, 2016, we saw really strong rent growth as, as so many people took advantage of this industry, but more recently we've seen rent decline, uh, especially in some markets that got overbuilt. And what are the typical occupancy ranges uh, in this sector? Oh gosh, they really range. Uh, I'm looking at occupancy growth rates and, um, you know, so the, the vacancy rates in, uh, you know, they range from, you know, a low of 8% in, in a couple markets to as high as uh, you know, 19%. I don't see many over 20%, but most of them are in the teens, the mid to upper teens. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you're, and what are some markets that you see are doing well? So markets that are doing well, mostly on the West Coast, I'm looking at, say, cumulative three-year growth. Uh, so markets like Las Vegas and Reno, California, um, Ventura County, a couple in the Midwest, like Minneapolis and uh, Memphis, actually doing very well. And uh, but again, San Bernardino's on the top. Seattle, uh, mostly kind of Western markets. It's the Midwest and some like markets on the bottom of the list. I would say they got overbuilt. Include like Oklahoma City and Denver. Denver's such a great market, but it's really way too much overbuilding. Their inventory grew uh, almost a third in three years. Likewise, in Milwaukee, tremendous growth. Um, Houston, 
Cleveland. Again, a lot in the Midwest, but the the the, the state of the market is really driven by the supply growth, not the, the demand growth. Interesting, interesting, because I guess your demand is just not growing that much, and a lot of people have built. And you know, some of the markets do have a large barrier to entry. A lot of the the cities and markets that uh, we work in in the southeast. Um, municipalities don't really want soft storage. They look at it and think that it's going to be these big, ugly orange buildings or green buildings, and, and they don't want it. Do you see any any cities that really have high occupancy that if someone can find a site and get it zoned, there might be an opportunity? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. And, um, yeah, municipalities have not been warm to this sector, but it probably means that they are reacting after so much got built. So I'm going to use the example of Brooklyn, New York, for example. Many stretches of Brooklyn were uh, populated with old, empty industrial buildings, and many investors bought them and converted them to self-storage. And it is a tremendous growth. Uh, and you notice them because they have their neon signs out front. So they didn't really build the building. They just bought it and just gutted it and put it in the stores and the lockers. So then municipalities kind of stepped in, the city council, and said, we, this is enough. We need, we don't need this many. But the biggest lesser of self-storage base in New York is corporations. They need, you know, there's not just a consumer demand for self-storage. There's a corporate demand because a lot of law firms and uh, other, you know, accounting firms that have to store huge data files, uh, paper data files, paper files. And if they're leasing less office space, this is a very uh, inexpensive alternative. So the owners kind of fought this, and the, the, the Wall Street and you know comp- companies fought the, the limits on self-storage, and they largely won. So um, I, I don't think the municipalities stepping in to curb self-storage really is driven not by the demand but by the oversupply. Interesting. So is that a, a growth area potentially for the self-storage industry is – renting uh, space to, to offices and, you know, interesting you mention it because my office, um, you know, we're in a very nice top floor building off the lobby and in uh, Class A space and yet we rent uh, storage space. Uh, I've never been there but I, they tell me we do and uh, so is that a growth area in this, in this industry? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, an opportunity. I mean, it, it says a lot about uh, how the office occupancy growth has been slow and self-storage occupancy has been strong. Um, so, but I think it's already kind of filled a lot of that space. Um, like I said, most of the markets we're looking at, the self-storage inventory growth is much higher than the occupancy growth. So uh, I think anyone who stores office or, uh, you know, big paper files on site really should consider renting self-storage to store those files, um, but uh, I think a lot of people are already doing that. Yeah. As an economist, Barbara, when you look at what's going on in the economy, all the economic factors and indicators you see moving forward, what do you think the outlook is for self-storage industry moving forward? Well, again, I think it follows the apartment market. Uh, so um, an apartment occupancy demand is still pretty high. So as long as the economy keeps adding jobs, the demand for apartments will continue to uh, be solid. And I think the self-storage market, uh, again, will stay 
healthy, it's sustainable, but I think in many markets it's gotten overbuilt. So as long as supply doesn't outpace demand growth moving forward, it should stabilize a little bit. Yeah. Well, when you just look around the, the people that you know and, and the, when you look at the millennials and, and, uh, and the folks that, uh, that are maybe my age that are baby boomers, it seems like a lot of uh, baby boomers are kind of, I don't know if I'm a, I don't mean mean to us, but materialistic. You know, we like our stuff, and we sometimes don't want to get rid of our stuff. I'm trying to mm-hmm. get my wife to downsize our Atlanta home, and she's like, well, where would we put our stuff? Are we potentially seeing less of that with millennials, with younger folks, where maybe they want to have less things? And, and uh, do you see that at all, and is, could that impact self-storage? I think culturally we definitely are seeing that. Um, in terms of, you know, all these books about declutter your space and feng shui and things like that. So I, I, I do think that there is less a, of an uh, um, expectation for buying stuff. But I actually looked at consumption figures because I was, I was starting to see occupancy overall was stagnating. And I thought, well, what's, what, what are people storing? Besides the companies storing files, paper files, what are people storing? And, you know, I looked at the consumption figures because so much of the retail sales numbers is e-commerce, and it's really hard to see what we're buying when you just see e-commerce. And the consumption files on, uh, within the GDP numbers show that we're actually buying more furniture and housewares on a regular basis. Not a lot more, but when you adjust it for population and inflation, we are buying more stuff, uh, not by a dramatic rate. Um, so I think because of e-commerce, um, we are very eager to just, you know, buy something that looks nice online, and we're buying. We're even buying more clothing. Mm-hmm. So the consumption numbers show that clothing consumption is increasing every year, not dramatically, but it's still positive. So even though we want to downla- downsize our stuff, overall nationally, we are buying more stuff. Of course, the housing market, you know, slumped in 2018 and is starting to come back in 2019. So that would suggest that we will continue to buy more stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would argue that, you know, compared to our uh, baby boomer uh, relatives, you know, there is this idea that millennials will buy less stuff, but I, I, I just don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, well, let's talk about opportunities. Uh, one of the things that we do, we, we sell self-storage properties. Uh, in the southeast and one of the things that we see as an opportunity is some people have owned some properties for a while and maybe they own one property for example and you know they're they're not efficient managers and sometimes we can sell those to folks who come in with new management and uh, can really improve performance on some of these projects where what opportunities do you see out there in the self-storage world is it is it rehabbing older properties is it building in in markets where maybe there is a barrier to entry if you if you can get a permit um, well, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, like the Brooklyn story is very unique, um, mainly because there's just so much, uh, so much that um, was empty. Mm-hmm. So I would say that there are still those kinds of pockets out there in various parts of the country. Um, and it is a good use of the space. It's better than keeping it empty. But I think a lot of people would argue that, you know, they'd rather have some kind of a business there. They'd rather have retail or, you know, some kind of multi-use instead of self-storage because self-storage doesn't, you know, generate a lot of foot traffic. And so, you know, 
for an owner, it, there's a, um, you know, you might find opportunities out there. But I think for the overall best, highest and best use for a community, I think people would rather see something that's really going to generate some foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, especially if you have businesses around it. But uh, when you look at the, the zoning aspect uh, of, you know, that, if you allow the zoning, if somebody, a developer puts up a very good-looking building, I know some of these buildings that, that you and I have seen um, out there, they're beautiful buildings. You look at it, what is that? And you find out that's self-storage. Wow, they really put a nice face on it. And you think about it, it doesn't, there's not much car traffic, uh, doesn't uh, uh, bind the, the schools or anything. So for the residents in the markets, uh, it's not a bad use uh, for okay. them uh, for, to, to support zoning, if, if any residents support any zoning. So, right. <laughs> well, Barbara, good information as usual. I appreciate uh, you joining us today. My pleasure. If you'd like more information from Barbara, check out their website. It's reese.com. R-E-I-S, Stay with us. We'll have more on the self-storage market, including a discussion with the developers. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Bomi International. For facilities and property management education, visit bomi.org. Buyproxy.com. Your global commercial real estate listing service. Visit buyproxy.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.